We're adding a new seating section next year, a whole new grandstand section. We're adding a, another, we're extending core four to build in some more suites and patios. And then because we're dedicated to the youth game, the academy game, we're building a state-of-the-art uh, batting and pitching facility across the road. Wow. So the complex keeps growing. Welcome to episode 236 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. We'll continue our coverage of the 2023 Western Canadian Baseball League All-Star Game this past weekend in a few moments. But first, let's take our regular look at a couple of the headlines from the past week. We'll start things off with a congratulations to Matt Lloyd on being named the Batter of the Week by the American Association. The Dogs Academy and Okotoks Dogs product went 12 for 25 during a week where he also hit three home runs for the Sioux City Explorers. He was also named to the West Division starting lineup of the league's all-star game, going one for three with a stolen base. And there is a ton of action at the grassroots level in the coming weeks as Baseball Alberta has finalized its list of hosts for provincial tournaments between 11U and 22U. Several communities will undoubtedly make our province proud with the work they do. Best of luck to all the players and teams and a thank you to all the organizers and volunteers for making these tournaments such a treat to watch. Now on to the second half of our coverage of the WCBL all-star game last weekend if you missed it we spoke with a handful of players on episode 235 this time around we're focusing on some of the dignitaries and special guests on hand for the festivities i was fortunate to speak with them in my role as the pre-game show host and on-field reporter for the home team live broadcast and we wanted to bring you some of those conversations here we'll start things off with okotoks dogs founder and managing director john arcandia who was happy to bring a capacity crowd to his baseball oasis for a beautiful Saturday afternoon and evening. How great is it from your perspective to be able to welcome the league to your home? Like this is the place that you've called home now for quite some time. I think it's really important for the league. It's our showcase facility for the league. The dogs are kind of an anchor tenant in our with our attendance and our fan base. So I think it's we, uh, you present the league in the best light when you come here in front of 5,000 fans. And if you look around here right now, Joe, and I don't know if the people can see it, but we open the gates at 3.30. There's got to already be 2,000 plus people here coming for the home run derby. So the game's sold out. I mean, there's no better way to showcase the product that the league offers. I know last year you were, all, you were you're like that proud papa. Let's be honest here. Like, you were looking out at the stands, and when you had 2,500 people here for the Derby and, and the crowd going crazy at every swing, you were just sitting there going, oh, this is so cool. Like, take us back to when you first started the Dogs program and, and built this stadium. Can you imagine taking yourself back to that time and being like, this is what we built it up to? Well, no, I can only tell you what guys like Jim Henderson, which was part of that original Dogs team when we started this thing, when he comes here now coaching, playing Major League Baseball for about five years and then coaching now in the big leagues, when he comes here, he says, looks around, he says, I can't believe what these little get to play on. So, no, it, we could never have imagined this, and it took a lot of generosity for some incredible people. There a lot of passion that people bought into our vision and our program. And then we are in a fantastic community. So there were just a, a whole bunch of factors that, that all worked out at the right time. And... This is what we've got. And, and to tell you the truth, with the number of fans we've had this year, we've got even more plans. Mm -hmm. You saw we built Core 4, which is, is a total fan favorite. We're adding a new seating section next year, a whole new grandstand section. 
We're adding a, another, we're extending core four to build in some more suites and patios. And then because we're dedicated to the youth game, the academy game, we're building a state-of-the-art uh, batting and pitching facility across the road. Wow. So the complex keeps growing. Did you ever imagine in a million years it get to this point? No, I was <laughs> sitting, we were sitting at Burns Stadium before they, they were threatening the first time to tear it down. And uh, uh, we, owe, we owe an assist to a guy who was with the Calgary Slithering Snakes, I call them, who came up and went on a rant about turning the lights off when Don Seaman happened to be sitting there. And when he left, Don's comment was, first, who is that a-hole? And then second of all, John, we need to build the dogs a baseball stadium. And so that commitment from Don of you know several million dollars, which then grew with other people who contributed, um, really was the beginning of finding a home for the dogs. And so here we are. But you never could have anticipated it. It took unbelievable passion. And a lot of things had to come together over a number of years. Joined by John Urcandy of the Oak Hills Dogs. Shifting gears a little bit, and let's talk about the Academy program. This is a not just top three in Canada program that we're talking about. We're talking about Perfect Game saying, this is the third best program in North America. Talk about the importance of being able to bring that program up and the, the success and the not just the success on a one-off or two-off basis, but the continued success, the legacy success piece of what you built with the Academy program. Well, you know, it started out in the old days, we had a team that nobody wanted to play. They were that good. And off that team, there was there were basically every kid played either played college or pro baseball. So that's how good that original dogs team was. And then when we got the facility, it attracted a whole other group of both players and coaches, and at, at the highest possible level. So we now think our academy is the best place to be. And you know, if you want elite coaching, we have 14 coaches that are in every discipline, all with their professionals, their independent coaches. So it doesn't get better from a coaching perspective. Then you got facilities that, that are like unheard of for amateur baseball. So you add that to the formula. And then next up, you've got the ability through crowds like this to, and it's a nonprofit organization. So you keep having enough funding that filters its way through to advance the program in terms of tournaments and competition. And that's why we're at the perfect game tournaments in Florida and Nashville and all over the United States. And that level of competition forces the kids to get better and better and better. So no, we're really proud of where it's going. We've got some great young people involved now from a coaching perspective and management perspective. And, and the dream is just, is just keeps living and keeps growing. Not just uh, one-off coaches either. Like there's a legacy piece even with the coaching. They stick around for a while. How important is that to maintain that standard of excellence when you want to continue to build the programs and make sure that you're, you're continuing to get better and better as the seasons go on? You're right on. I mean, that's, that is a critical part of our philosophy. I mean, my own kids, when they finished playing collegiate baseball, came back here and dedicated a couple of years to coaching in the program. Who did they coach? Tyler Hollick, who played in collegiately and then played professionally, got drafted played with the, in the Giants organization, now he's still here as the general manager. But there's that continuity where they learn to play the dog's way, and then they want to teach and mentor the next generation to play the dog's way. And I think that's really important. And when you, when you look at how many kids have been drafted out of this program, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's really hard to imagine. There's a wall back there, the Wall of Fame on the back of the press box that between the guys going on to play collegiately and getting scholarships and the guys that are drafted and playing professionally, I mean, it's, it's a big wall of fame, I can tell you that. 
and speaking of that wall of fame, it's been added to as well. Matt Wilkinson getting drafted earlier this week by the Cleveland Guardians, uh, 10th round, 308th overall. Tugboat, as he was refer referred to, nickname that stuck with him all those years. Fan favorite here. He closed things out uh, for your guys' championship run last year. What was that like, seeing that draft pick come up? Uh, I, I saw a video, I believe it was uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Milton, actually. John Milton showed me the video of the crew behind the scenes cheering and hugging when they saw that. What went through your mind? Because it's, it's, he adds to that list that you mentioned before. Well, the same thing goes through my mind when that happens that went through my mind when Henderson got drafted, when my own son Matt got drafted, when Tanner Osberg got drafted, when when um, Tristan Peters got drafted, Procession got, it, it's a long list. And, and they're all like my, my sons, you know. They're, I'm so proud of all of them for the work they put in. And it pays off. I mean, if, if you show the talent and you're working hard, you've got the opportunity to play at the next level. And that's, that's the, the mantra. So I'm, I'm very proud of Tugboat. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he's, he's, he's a big kid. So you had some naysayers in terms of, uh, in terms of whether or not he, they could project him to pitch in the big leagues. But I'll tell you what. When you're left-handed and you throw 90 miles an hour and you get everybody out, that works no matter what level you're at. And he went to the Cape Cod, he, you know, he was here, shutting teams down here, then he went to the Cape Cod and shut teams down there. And so no wonder he got drafted, and he, and he deserves it. You know, he, you saw him. Uh, that, I believe that kid will pitch in the big leagues. So good for, good for Matt. He, he earned it. He's, uh, and not only that, but a, a very astute kid as well. He seems to really know what he wants. And I was saying to, uh, to, to Mr. Milton not that long ago, or the, earlier today, is he just doesn't know any better. Right? Like he's going to go to the show just because he, he's going, and he's going to an organization that loves their Canadians as well, whether it be Cal Quantrill, whether it be the Nailers. Uh, Eric Soprowski, a former Edmonton prospect, is on that list as well in AA now. Uh, circling back to the All-Star game here, Talk about those people behind the scenes. Tyler Milton is an example, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes that are making a day like this really happen. Yeah, we have an all-star game committee that is headed by Tyler Milton. Tyler's dad, John Milton, flies out a week in advance to help him. We've got our entire operations crew that are actively engaged. Tyler Hollick leading that charge. But there, there's just so many. It's a long, long list, our coaching staff. I mean, in the uh, summer months, we have a lot of interns on staff and they, they're all this is part of their educational process to see what it's like to run a first class operation for a game of this magnitude a showcase type of an event so we invest a lot in it we want it to be sort of a uh, the type of production and, and game atmosphere that our league can be proud of and it takes a lot of people to make that happen but but we have the people with the passion to do it how do you top last year <laughs> just look around you <laughs> That's that is how. fair. That is and fair. The only thing is we want Nash Crowell, our dog guy, to win the home run derby. That'll help right there. And have a few dogs that are in the starting lineup hit a couple bombs. That'll do it, too. <laughs> it was just such a, like, I look back on it, and I, I talked with, on our podcast, Alberta Dugout Stories, about it with Ian Wilson, was there was a pageantry last year, right? Like, everything seemed to work out really, really well. Was there, from your perspective, a desire to, duplicate it or did you want to do things differently how did you approach trying to organize this day well from my perspective it was a surprise success last year I was blown away I was one of the people sitting down on the core four watching this thing and stunned at how well it went so I from I thought if we can just duplicate what we did last year perfect but Tyler Milton and his crew and Hollick and them you know they're, they're it's a challenge 
and they want to meet the challenge and they want to they're like they're they're athletes they want things to improve every year so um we'll see but it, it will be tough to top but i think we've got a good start here with the people coming in it's an incredible crowd behind the scenes uh, gathering final question for you here john then i'll let you get back to what you do best the socializing piece you do a great job of uh talk to the fans and and it's from the wcbl from okotoks who've clearly bought into what you're selling here what is what is their support meant to you it's meant a lot, and that's been one of the big surprises. Uh, Don Seaman, when he invested the millions of dollars into helping build this stadium, has said time and time again in public interviews and things that this was his best investment. And there's a man who's had a lifetime of pretty good investments, but the one he comes back to is this one, because he says to engage the kids, give them those opportunities to go on to college, to, to play at that level, to become successes in life, and to see how the community has embraced it. That's the mind-blowing part. And he said, that's worth all the money in the world. So, and I feel the same way in terms of the investment. It's been fantastic. And uh, it's just so thrilling to see the people embrace what we're putting on the field. And it's good for the league. Absolutely, without a doubt. Well, you've set the bar really high for this game and beyond. John, really appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Joe. Next up is VIP and special guest coach Matt Stairs, the 19-year MLB and 23-year pro hit 263 with 265 home runs and 899 RBI in nearly 1,900 games and won a World Series with Philadelphia Phillies in 2008. The New Brunswick product was inducted into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame in 2015. First off, welcome back to Oak Tokes. What's it mean to you be able to be an ambassador to baseball in Canada? Because you're all over the place. Like, you probably have a tour manager and all, like, you're literally all over the place. Well, I mean, it's always great to be back in Alberta. I mean, it's uh, a chance to come out here, you know, back-to-back -back years. I've been probably been out west about five times in the last nine years to, you know, to do some fundraising and sponsors and watch the home run contest. You know, it's, it's nice to travel around and give back. I love doing it. I coach baseball back home, and I'm the technical director in Fredericton, so I'm kind of used to doing all this stuff. I've been lucky enough in my travels to be able to talk to different guys who play ball out here who happen to be from your neck of the woods out in Fredericton, New Brunswick, that in the Maritimes area, and they always harken back to how much you've given to them, like little tidbits, little pieces of knowledge. What does that mean to you to be able to have that kind of impact on the next generation of ball players? Well, I think it's, it's, I was very fortunate to learn from Larry Walker. You know, he passed things down for me when I was younger. Uh, get an opportunity to play a long career. I think what it is is that people actually trust you. That's the biggest thing about baseball is, is trusting coaches of, of what's going on and what they're being told. And, you know, I, I, I'm passionate about my baseball, my, my hockey as well. I've been coaching that 20 years. Um, and I, I find I take a lot of time of doing winter ball, spring training, fall ball, during the regular season, coming out here and traveling around. And, uh, you know, I put 100% behind it, and, and whatever I speak uh, comes from my heart of what I've learned when I was younger. So when you are chatting with those young players, I mean, you were out with the Oak Tokes Dogs a couple of days ago. You're out with the All-Stars now. What are some of the key tidbits that you're giving to them? Because you know you can't personalize every single situation, but maybe some uh, some broad-based pieces of advice for those youngsters looking to play the game. Well, I, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is I try to remind them that it is a game. I'm not big in saying have fun. It's only fun when you're doing well. If you're not doing well, the game kind of sucks a little bit. But you know, I think um, you know for me, uh, you have to have a short memory playing this game, which means 
if, if you have a bad at bat, you let it go. If you throw a bad pitch and give up a home run, let it go. I think that's the biggest thing about young players nowadays. They carry things over too much, which messes up the whole game. Uh, continue working hard. When you think you've done enough, you haven't. Continue doing more. I always say there's someone behind you that wants to take your spot. Don't allow it to happen unless you're at that point where at the end of your career you want to be done. So, you know, continue working hard. You work hard, you'll have success. Uh, and never be afraid to ask questions and ask for extra works because the coaches love to do the extra work with players. You've had a lot of really cool highlights over the course of your career. Do you have one or two that maybe stand out as those wow moments, those moments where you had to kind of take that step back and go, I can't believe I got to do that, man. Uh, you know, I think you know, on, on an individual note, I think, uh, of course, a big home run against uh, the Dodgers in NLCS Game 4. I don't remember it too much. 3-1, pitch 95 miles an hour. Uh, you know, I think one of the other ones that was really cool was on Mickey Mantle Day. I pinched it in New York, uh, hit a home run for a game winner in New York. And then, of course, uh, taking the field my first time as a big leaguer. Uh, I'll never forget that. Uh, but, the, the, but the biggest thing and, and the biggest thing you work for is winning the championship and, and having an opportunity in 08 to finally win a championship with Jamie Moyer, who was around a little longer than I was, and he finally won. And then seeing your wife and your daughters, when you're carrying the banner around the outfit you come across on plate, they're there waiting for you. You know, the sacrifice I put up, but the sacrifice they also put up was uh, something you'll never forget. What's it meant to you to be recognized in different ways? And I hearken back, you were, it was mentioned on the field, the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. What's it mean to you get that recognition after your playing career is over? I'm the average Joe. I mean, it, to me, it's uh, baseball is my job. My job is to go out and play baseball and hit the baseball and try to catch as much as I could. Um, you know, I never really, I never changed when I was that young kid. I'd walk into a house and go to someone's fridge and grab a drink. I'm the same way at age 55. You know, I mean, it's special, uh, an opportunity to come around and just meet people. Uh, to hear that, as a ball player, I can tone out a lot of things, so I kind of tend to tone out that stuff because it's not about me. It's about these kids here at the All-Star Game, so uh, it is kind of neat. It's actually very neat, but uh, I don't, uh, you know, I don't sit there and go, hmm, that sounds pretty good. I just move on and say, okay, that's long enough. Let's go on. Well, I'll let you get back to meeting all the people around here. Matt, really appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for joining us here on Home Team Live. Thanks for having me. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, legendary journalist Bob Elliott also stopped by for a chat about his return Oak Tokes, which holds a special place in his heart, literally, after suffering a heart attack at the Dogs Banquet back in 2019. When you see this crowd, when you see the excitement, not just for a game, but the Derby, there was a lot of people here. What does that say about the game in your eyes? Well, I walked in tonight, and the first first person I said, I said, how, are, how on earth are you going to top last year? Well, so far, the Home Run Derby is a bigger success than last year. Remember, last year it was blowing in. It was very difficult. I mean, that was an exciting Home Run Derby. And I think that there was more people here for it, so there was more excitement, and the kids were really into it, and it was a great finish as well. Absolutely. In your travels, over the course of your career, you've, you've been able to cross this country over and over and over again. What's special about Okotoks? I would say Okotoks is kind of like uh, St. Louis, where, uh, where the fans are so into it and they're so proud of their, their community and they're so proud of, the, of their team. And you see youngsters walking around here with dogs' uniforms on. And, you know, there's, it's just, it's, it's uh, I think the word is saturated, you know, the community is saturated 
with dog spirit and uh, enthusiasm for the team and the organization. Talk a little bit about how special this community is to you. I know I almost brought a tear to your eye last year when you had to talk about that this story, but Okotoks does have a special place in your heart, literally. Well, yeah, it'd be five years ago, this is coming February, uh, Skipper Lou Pote, who now has his suspenders off and he's managing after being suspended last night. <laughs> and uh, the great photographer, Angela Berger, and the outstanding all-world trainer, Savannah Blakely, uh, they saved my life. They brought me back uh, twice. So uh, uh, I think last year I was on, I said I was, uh, I broke down. I was two for three at the time. And then I told Savannah this story after we were on and I broke down telling her the story. So I was three for three last year, but I took the girls, to, the women to lunch today and uh, no tears yet, but it's certainly a great place. and. Uh, John runs a, a primetime show here. Absolutely. Final question for you, Bob. When you think about the state of the game in this country, when you look across the way things have been going this summer, what comes to mind for you? You've seen the game for a number of years now. What's what's strongest in your eyes? What what stands out to you uh, as, we into, as we're into 2023? Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, I live in, uh, not Toronto, I live in Mississauga, and uh, I saw this boy uh, about two months ago, and uh, I said, how's it going? He says, oh, I quit last year. I said, why did you quit? He said, oh, the coach wasn't playing me. He said, but I watched the WBC from uh, Phoenix, and Canada got to the, you know, if they beat Mexico, if they, if they get out the nine-hitter, they can walk Randy Oro's arena, and it's still 3-2, and who knows? But uh, he said, I'm playing this year, and, and that's the Canadian spirit as we know it. Absolutely. Bob Elliott, renowned writer extraordinaire, baseball writer, baseball hall of fame galore. Appreciated as always, my friend. Thank you so much. Always for a us. pleasure. Always a pleasure. Speaking of legends, the WCBL took some time on Saturday afternoon to recognize two people who have contributed so much to the league. Merv Ozerny and Ken Larson were driving forces in the league for years, with Ozerny once serving as the league president and Larson as vice president of operations, and both serving Saskatchewan with pride. Merv, let's start off with you. What does this league mean to you? And what has it meant to you over the course of your illustrious career with the, with the organization? This league means the world to me. I've been involved with it for 22 years, starting with a meeting in Regina in January of 2000. And uh, that was the beginning of a great league. Uh, I've worked with some of the best baseball minds in Canada. and. Uh, what it means to me is that you can do anything if you try long enough and hard enough to do it. Ken, I want to ask you the same question. What has this league meant to you over the years? Well, I think it, uh, having been there when it was formed, when we actually thought up the name, when we uh, decided to bring young men back to Western Canada for the summer to play ball in their hometowns and out of town kids too, I think it's great. I think it's it, it, it was a long time due. Uh, Canada has great baseball tradition, and lots of Canadian kids head south of the border. And then in the summer, well, so we thought, what a great idea. Put on good entertainment for people. Give these kids, these young men, uh, a place to play for the summer, and uh, basically it's worked out really well. 
when you look at this game uh, and you look at the crowd here, go back to like 2000 when things were, were just firing up. Could you have ever imagine the atmosphere, the energy that isn't just here in Oaks, but every community here is seemingly bought in to the WCBL, WMBL brand of yesterday? Not in my wildest dreams. The, uh, you know, and today Okotoks is quite a organization. There are 170 summer collegiate teams in Canada and the United States, and Okotoks ranks number four in attendance, which says a lot for the league and for the Okotoks dogs. Ken, thinking back, you mentioned the player aspect of it. How cool is it when you see a guy like Matt Wilkinson of Okotoks get drafted, or I know we had a couple of guys who were up in Fort Mac that got drafted this past year, but every year there's that steady stream of four, five, six, seven, eight guys who had a footprint here, and now they're going on to bigger and better things. How cool is that to see that? Oh, that's great, that's great. I remember being in the crowd in Lethbridge. The professional was there, the scout. He signed the, the player right after the game. We had watched the game with him sat there and listened to what he thought about all the players playing and then to see that young man sign a contract uh, I think he was the shortstop right after the our game our league game I thought this is it this is what it's this is what it's all about Murr final question for you here what's it mean to you to get recognized I know in the pregame you're gonna be going back downstairs they're gonna be saying your name and and talking about your accomplishments what's that mean to you to be recognized in that way by the league it's tremendous. It's a real personal honor. I think both Ken and I are humbled by our, by what's happening here, and uh, it's an it's an evening and a day we'll never forget. I can only imagine, Ken. How about you? What's what's that mean to you to be asked, "Hey, come on out. We wanna we wanna celebrate you as well today." Yeah, um, really nice, really good. Merv came up from a small town. I was with a small town team. Nobody got paid. You were there, you were volunteering your, your time, and uh, so it's nice to see the league recognize people that put in the time to make it be where it is. And not just a congratulations on the accomplishments and that, but also a thank you to the both of you for your, your continued support, your building, your, your foresight to see what we built here today with the WCBL, and I can only imagine what's next. So again, congratulations, and thank you both for joining us here. Hey, thanks for having pleasure. us. Great. Thank you very much. Staying in Saskatchewan, as we discussed on episode 218 of the podcast, Saskatoon is returning in 2024. Team President Steve Hildebrand made the trek to Okotoks for the All-Star Game festivities, along with some members of his staff, to discuss the very exciting news. Steve, this has been a long time coming. Like, let's be honest, I, and I know you've been involved with, uh, with the Blades and with the Rush as well. Take us back to the beginning when you guys said, let's try baseball. Uh, I think, you know what, we, we've been talking about this for a bit. Uh, Mr. Priester, who owns our Sask Entertainment Group, uh, he wants to invest more in the community. Uh, he wants to put his footprint in the community of Saskatoon. Uh, obviously, he does that with the Blades and the Rush, and he's, he kind of challenged us to see what else is out there. Uh, myself being a baseball guy and you know a couple other guys that uh, work with the Sask Entertainment Group with us, uh, we're all in on this, and 
There was a group of us that really wanted to do this. I knew that it was a missing piece to baseball in Saskatoon, and I also knew it was a missing piece to the Western Canadian Baseball League. And uh, we're just really excited to be a part of such a such a great league, and, and I think we, uh, we're going to have some fun with this. You certainly hit the ground running when you think about uh, how the, the announcement was made at the end of March, April's rolled around, May's rolled around. We were talking off air about how you wanted to kind of make sure you were staying in, staying relevant, staying in the news, that kind of thing. The name, for example, coming out earlier this week. In case you missed it, the Saskatoon Berries. That was my choice, by the way. I was I was all in on that one. Uh, tell us about the fan engagement piece. How important that was to make sure they were staying involved from day one. Uh, I think, you know, all along, we want to make this uh, a big part of our city. And we do the same thing with the Rush and the Blades. We want fans to be involved in this. We want people to come to the ballpark. We want them to be uh, around it all. Um, so we came up with the idea of, of throwing it out there into the community, get some names out there, see what it is. And here's, here's where we ended up. And uh, like I said, we can't be more excited about it. I love that you brought uh, some props as well. The, bear, <laughs> the blueberries are uh, in style. Oh, are they? Oh, I guess they uh, are Raspberry. Yeah, that's you, fair. Uh, I, yeah. I'm a Raspberry guy. No, I'm, just, I'm uh, kidding. It's all good. I'm kidding. It's all good. Uh, not only are you making a splash with you know names, and you're going to come up with brands before too long. You have logos before too long as well. You also have a big announcement when it came to the coaching staff, bringing Joe Carnahan in, longtime 57s player and coach. What's it meant to you to be able to bring that name into the mix? Um, obviously, pretty special dude. Uh, had really good conversations with him. I did interview two guys from the U.S. and another guy from Canada. Um, with Joe, it just hit home. It really did. And uh, I couldn't think of a better guy to lead, uh, lead our inaugural season. And, and further on, um, uh, happy to have his family move to Saskatoon, be a part of this. Obviously, he was successful as a player and a, and a coach in this league. Everyone I called didn't have a bad thing to say. Couldn't find a negative thing, and uh, I know we have the right guy, and really looking forward to working with him. Was that a name that came up? Did he email you, or did you email him first? Because that's a thing that I'm always fascinated by, because you got to think your face probably lit up when you saw his name crossing. I'll be honest with you. It was the baseball community of Saskatoon that brought it to me. Oh, wow. And uh, there's some, you know, in Saskatchewan, especially Saskatoon, the game's growing a lot. Mm -hmm. And we have some pretty important people in our, in our city. And the name was brought to me. And I reached out to him and chatted with him. And, uh, you know, he was very excited about it. Uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of how it all came about. And, yeah, he, he's the right guy. He's, a, he's an awesome dude. And uh, looking forward to having him and his family in the city. Final question for you here, and then I'll let you get back to mingling and making sure that brand gets out there. Because you got the, the fan club here; they're ready to well, go. Oh yeah, well. we brought. It's actually our brand manager, and, the, and and Ryan is in charge of our tickets. So uh, they were went to Sylvan Lake last night, checked some things out, and uh, again, we're just trying to make sure we got everything right uh, when we step into the 2024 season. When you think about what you're seeing here in Okotoks, for example, the All Star Game is obviously a premier event. But when you you're traveling around, you saw at Sylvan Lake. How cool is it to see what can be at Cairns Field in 2024? It's awesome, and, and I, you know, it's fantastic. I, you know, great to come out today and see all, all the people here and enjoying it and having a beverage or two, and uh, we expect to have the same thing happen in Saskatoon. Uh, obviously a little smaller venue, but uh, we hope to pack the park every single night and looking forward to it. Looking forward to it, absolutely. Really appreciate the time, Steve. Yeah, thank you thank so you. much for joining us. Thanks, the Saskatoon Berries joining the league in 2024. And we'll wrap things up with another team re-entering the WCBL in 2024. The Edmonton Prospects were a traveling team for a couple of seasons before deciding to take this summer off as they build their new home in Spruce Grove. Pat Cassidy joined us to provide an update on construction and to share his vision for the Prospects' new digs. 
it's been a long time for it. You guys have been working really hard to get that new stadium built. Talk us through the building process, where you're at today. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it seems like forever, to be honest with you. Um, been at it since pretty much 2019, um, and, and then COVID hit, and that just delayed things. Um, I think the one thing most people have to understand is not only are we building a ballpark, but we're actually building a 65-acre ballpark district. And first part of that was we had to clear forest and uh, and, and, and and clear the, clear the, the land and, and, and then start putting in the services. So we're kind of on the uh, the final stretch in terms of um, having the, the, the phase one land development done. We've got a bunch of underground services in, and we just got started actually on ballpark stripping and grading. We've got a contractor lined up to come in and do the deep services in in uh, August here, and we're actually hoping to pave out our, our parking lot for the ballpark sometime in September. Of course, uh, you know, being in the construction industry for 40-some years, I mean, you know, you put plans down on paper, and you push hard to make them happen, but you're reliant on Mother Nature, and you're reliant on contractors, you're reliant on supply chain, and in today's market, that's even more challenging than it's ever been. And there's always that, that problem of ever escalating costs and things like that. We constantly in a battle to keep that kind of stuff in check. So land development phase one nearing an end. Um, we've got four local contractors, developers looking to build on about 10 acres of highway commercial. We're going to get started on the ballpark and, and our plan is to uh, is to have that ballpark up and ready to go for next season, hopefully uh, for the start of the season. But maybe, maybe if we're a month late, we can live with that too. Talk a little bit about uh, the overall plan. Because when you look at some of the videos, when you look at some of the renderings, this is immaculate building. And, and I can only imagine, like, you, not only do you want to keep up with the Okotoks and the Sylvan Lakes and Lethbridge and Manhattan, Fort Mac, they've all got their beautiful buildings. But I feel like you kind of want to one-up them just ever so slightly. Well, I don't want to tell John this or Graham <laughs> this, but actually, yeah, we do. <laughs> we we want to, you know, we want to create a jewel. We want to create one of Canada's top ballparks and, and, and a, you know game day experience attractions and tourist attractions you know we're gonna have elements in there that uh, you know you, you don't see in in ballparks all the time and and uh, yeah it's uh, it's gonna be a bit of a it's gonna be a phased development we're gonna start with the primary ballpark first get that done I'm really excited about phase two which is which is a restaurant and amphitheater we really want to bring more events and and music and you know, just uh, those types of things to the to the ballpark and concerts and things like that. It's it's an entertainment facility. It's it's designed as such, and that's how we intend to operate it. And um, you know, we're we're excited about that. We're excited about the condos, apartment slash condos. We're kind of toying with that concept a little bit, just because of the the funding model and what you can do with uh, you know going in a certain direction as far as our strategy is concerned. Um, you know, so. You know, what I've learned about ballparks over the years is uh, it's it's important to create a community facility and a connection with the community and, uh, and and all aspects of the community, all segments of the community, not just the ball fan, but you know th those looking for social entertainment and, and those looking you know to do to do whatever to gather to meet people and, and get together as a family with friends or whatever the case may be. And I don't think there's any other sport quite like baseball that really provides that, that the venue and. You know that's that's uh, we're excited about it and we're, we're you know we're we're anxious 
We're frustrated we're not open yet, but we're just going to keep pushing forward. Well, and, and I'm glad you brought up the point, gather. That was a word that I, I was thinking in the back of my mind. Is It's a gathering point. It's community gathering. Talk about the community buy-in. I mean, you're not in Edmonton proper. You're going out into Spruce Grove. What's that community buy-in meant to you to be able to uh, to move this project forward? Well, uh, you know what? To be honest, uh, it's, it's, it's exceeded any of my expectations in terms of how that community of Spruce Grove, Stony Plain, Parkland have really kind of uh, taken us in, bought the season tickets, bought the, the suites. I mean, we've got a waiting list on suites already. We haven't even, we haven't even got any vertical construction yet. Um, we've got all our outfield fence signages sold, you know, and um, they're, they're, everywhere you go, I mean, even the, even the former mayor who's, who's been pushing for a, a new Civic Center Twin Ice Arena, he says, Pat, we're finally going to go forward with our new Twin Ice Arena. But uh, all, they ever, all they ever, people ever really want to talk about is this ballpark. So there's, some, there's something magical, something mysterious and something magical about a ballpark. And I mean, even here today in Okotoks, and, and this happened last year, the energy, the vibe, you know, the camaraderie with the people, it, 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 there's really no other experience like that. I mean, we got one huge asset that most sports don't have, and, and that is so, time for social connectivity and, and sunshine and weather, right? <laughs> I, I could, if we could tear down the sun just a little bit, it's a little warm on my backside, yeah. I gotta admit. <laughs> Turn the heat down a bit. <laughs> just a little. Final question for you, and then I'll let you get back to, uh, to chatting with the other people. When you think about this event, and I know you guys hosted it in 2019, yeah. how cool would it be at some point in the next few years to be able to host a similar thing in your new home? Yeah, no, we, uh, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna definitely be putting our name in the hat for, for doing that, that thing, that very thing down the road. Probably not next year, just because of the you know the the uncertainties. But well, once we get that ballpark open and we establish all of our operations and 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 marketing and, and all of the pieces that have to go together to to make this work, right? Um, we're we're definitely back in the race and back in the hunt, uh, you know, for this event and maybe other events. This is a great thing for the league. This is a this is not only great for Okotoks, but it's it's great for every club in the league. And I mean, we're doing some pretty, you know, you're gonna talk to Mark here right away. We're, we're starting to do some pretty cool things in terms of social media, in terms of broadcasting, in terms of just, you know, getting more eyeballs on our product. And that's only gonna mean more people in the seats. So, yeah. Absolutely, well, Pat, really appreciate the update. Thanks for joining us and uh, best of luck as you move forward with phase two. Yeah, you betcha, thanks, Joe. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on the Home Team Live broadcast. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening to the podcast. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review on your podcast app as those actions help spread the word about ADS. We'd also like to tip our caps to our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy have been phenomenal partners in helping tell the game stories here in our province. For more on our teammates, head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters. Until next time, thank you for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.